But it's Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17, if you'll stand with me when you get there. <clears throat> Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right there in those verses, we have the Spirit, we have the Father, and we have the Lord Jesus Christ. How about that? The Trinity working perfectly. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5, what a chapter. Uh, again, the summary of, of this chapter, it really is at the first verse. Be therefore followers of God as, a, as dear children. Uh, but the focus I want to take on tonight is verse number 18. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Pray with me, church. Father, we thank you tonight for being here with us, Lord, meeting us here already, God. I'm trusting you, Jesus, to help me, God. I have nothing to say, Lord, if you don't touch me tonight. Anoint me, Lord, to preach your word, God, and do it, God, for your glory, Father, for your honor. That your church may be strengthened together, God. That we may be glorified together with you, Father. That we may bring you honor, Father. Help us to be your church. Help us to be your people, Father. God, and let us not be drunk with wine, Father, but let us be filled with the Spirit, God. Let us be your church, Father. Let us be unified together. Jesus, I love you, Father. Father, I love you. Lord, I love you. I thank you, God. What a privilege it is to serve you, God. Thank you, Jesus, God. Strengthen us tonight, God. Be with us, Father. Be with us right here, God. Let there be conviction. Let there be a challenge, Lord. Let there be clear direction, God. Let the preaching be clear, Father. I trust you, Jesus. Give you all glory, honor, and praise. Amen. And you may be seated. Be ye not drunk with wine. Drunk with wine. What do you say when you see someone full of wine? Someone that's constantly full of wine. They're drunk. Oftentimes, the first thing you may say is, what a waste. It may be cigarettes. It may be something else they're addicted to. But you look at their life. You look at what that addiction is doing to them, and you say, what a waste. And so that's what I'd like to preach to you tonight is, what a waste. Oftentimes, we read this verse, and certainly as I was a young man, and I didn't know much, I'd read this verse. It says, don't drink wine and speak in tongues is how it's interpreted these days. And truly, that's not the message that's trying to be said here. It's not, again, the message here is he's speaking to Christians, so it's not really don't be a, a drunkard and go speak in tongues, but this idea of watch yourself, guard yourself, live in moderation, let there be no excess in your life, and be filled with the Spirit. I know we speak the initial evidence is to speak in tongues. And, and it's a wonderful thing that God has given us something that we can at the immediate feeling. We know someone's been filled based on that expression. But it has become the standard that if a man speaks in tongues, then he can be a pastor, he can be a preacher, he's an honest man. But trust me, tonight I have met many a men that speak in tongues and claim to be filled with the Spirit that are liars, they're cheats, they're thieves, and they're not saved. And so it's something more here, and I, I want to get to that tonight, but I'm going to focus first on be not drunk. Be not drunk. Drunk being, unable to stop, overindulged. It's the extent of losing control of one's faculties or behavior. Being drunk. You have overindulged. You've gotten a little carried away. 
And not only have you gotten carried away and you've done a little too much, but you're now unable to control your faculties. The way you act, the way you talk, the way you speak, the way you carry yourself, the way you, your bodily functions, the way, you, the way you walk, the way you talk. Everything becomes under an effect of what you've been drinking. You have become drunk. The next thing we see, and we'll get to the wine here in just a minute, but we see wherein is excess. There's three different words that you can kind of interpret from excess. And it doesn't really mean excessive. Again, oftentimes you'll bring up, you'll talk to an unsaved person or maybe a Christian that's more of the charismatic style and they don't really believe like we believe and they don't really believe the Bible, but you'll tell them as they talk about getting drunk and having a good time, be ye not drunk with wine, wherein is excess. And they'll say, well, I don't drink excessively. I'm not drunk excessively. But that word excess does not speak to how much you do it or how often you are drunk. That word excess speaks more to waste. Three words that are used. Dissipation is the first one. Dissipation, loss of energy. It's when you're trying to do something. You start your car up, and guess what? All that gas that burns up, only about 40% turns to wheels. The rest of it gets burned up as heat. It's waste. It comes out your muffler. If you're ever curious, go stand it. Don't turn it on and breathe it too long, but it's heat coming out the back. Why is all that heat there? Because it's being wasted. The best engine we can make today is about 40% efficient. That's not the greatest. The second word is profligacy. We don't really say that one a lot, but again, it's the idea of being wasteful, wasting resources, profligating. Uh, don't go around saying that to people. You'll just sound like you're trying to be smart. But again, it's the idea of wasting resources. And then prodigality, waste of money, the waste of what you have, spending what you have. Uh, oftentimes, we call people prodigals if they backslide and come back to the Lord but that doesn't make them a prodigal. The prodigal is called a prodigal because he went out, he did backslide, but he went out and spent all his money. He wasted his money. That's what made him a prodigal. And so know that tonight, and if you ever find yourself saying it, make sure you're using it correctly, but prodigality, again, that means waste of money. So we find something here. We find people that are drunk with wine or whatever it may be. We find them wasting their time. We find them wasting their resources, their money, and we find them wasting their body, damage to their body. Damage to their intellect and damage to their soul. We find them wasting. Be ye not drunk with wine, wherein is the wasting of your time, of your resources, and of your body. Now it says something here. It says with wine, and I really don't think that's the point. Again, focus on be not, be not drunk and excess. But he says with wine here, full of wine. Again, you have no direction. You walk with no care. You're acting foolish with no understanding. You have no action. You have no direction. You have no place. You often have no life. If you're constantly drunk on wine. But we've got to go past the wine here tonight. You can't just say, well, I don't drink wine, Brother Dylan, or I got delivered from that years ago. I'm saved and I, have to, I don't even have to come in contact with wine. There should be no reason in a daily Christian's life that you ever have to come in contact with wine. You don't really have to cook with it. You don't, definitely don't have to drink it. But understand, a while ago, back in Bible times, they did. And we understand, I'm sure it's been taught here plenty of times, the difference between today's wine and, and yesteryear's wine. But just to give you a quick idea, yesteryear's wine, it was, it, was a, it was diluted, it was watery, it wasn't fed sugar to be alcoholic, but there was a slight alcoholic content. Nowadays, it's 9, 10, 13, 15% alcoholic. Some wine is so strong you have to buy it at an ABC store now. It's made to do something to you. But then comes the question, with wine. So, so we're, we're talking about something that these people would encounter on a daily basis. 
This is a drink that they would have to drink. This is something that they would likely have to be given to at some point. I've got to take a drink of this wine. I'm at a, I can't get clean water today. I'm going to drink some wine. And they had to understand what was excess and what would lead them to being drunk. They could not be drunk. But they could drink it. Is anything kind of sparking up in your mind today? And so what's this wine for us today? Sure, it can be sin. But Paul doesn't say wherein is sin. He says, wherein is excess? He could have made it clear. He could have said it's an iniquity. And sure it is to be drunk with wine. But it's a little more than just sin. Paul in Hebrews chapter 12 will say, the weights and the sin that so easily beset us. And so again, I don't think I'm here tonight to preach on sin, but if you certainly are convicted, then yes, I am preaching on sin. But I'm here mostly to preach on weights. The weights that we waste ourselves on. The weights that we're drunk on. The weights that beset us. And so again, get this idea. We no longer need wine, but there's other things we need on a daily basis. And so as we've kind of been talking about this, what's coming up in your head? Uh, Brother Andrew did a study for you a while back on entertainment and how we just are glued to our phones and we can't get away from them. Has anybody been thinking a little more about how much they're spending time on their phone or how much time they're spending time in front of a TV, in front of a computer? Has anybody been thinking about that a little more now? (laughs) It's in your daily life. There is no verse that says you cannot enjoy a good time or you cannot have some fun, but you can become drunk with it. And guess what? Now it's wasting your time. It's likely going to waste your money because guess what? The reason why they're entertaining you is to feed you as many advertisements as they can and get you needing everything that they show you. So it's wasting your time, it's wasting your money, and it's wasting your body because guess what your body could be doing? A lot more than just sitting around staring at a phone, staring at a TV, or whatever form of entertainment you might be finding yourself addicted to. I think that one's a little more simple. But how about food? How about what we're eating? And as I wrote down food, you know, in my head I thought, well, I better be careful. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But I preach everything else and I don't worry about hurting somebody's feelings. And so I'm going to try to say it as plainly as I can. We're talking about food. It's not the idea that if someone's slightly bigger that they have a problem. And if someone's skinny, they don't have a problem. The same person can be just as skinny and just as addicted to food and just be given to it as much as anybody else. But God has called us not to be drunk with it, not to be given to it. We can push it back, not just to fast. But when we've had enough in our gut, when we know that it's too much, I tell you something, you eat a little too much, you lose control of yourself. It does not please God. The church world has lost that fight. The church world has lost the fight with food, folks. We've lost it. Someone equate it to the frog in the kettle. And as the kettle kept getting hot, it was real slow. And all of a sudden we find ourselves given to food. I was talking to a young man, his church, his preacher will get up and say, we can't do anything else, so let us have our food. We've got to have our meals. We've got to have our food. That's what we have. Everything else is a sin, but we can have our food. Friend, I want to tell you something. If you're given to it, and if you're drunk on it, it's a sin. It's a waste in your life. It's destroying you, and it will waste your money. It will waste your time. It will waste your resources, and it will waste your body. As a young man, I used to visit a church, Pastor Brother May. I'm sure nobody knows him here, but he was a good preacher. He was a faithful man, but he had a huge gut on him, and he had a heart attack at at around 58. And The doctors told him, you've got to stop eating. You're killing yourself. You're going to send yourself to an early grave. You are eating yourself into the grave. And his response, and he proudly boasted that several times from the pulpit, was, if God wants me, he can have me. I'm not changing anything. 
It's a waste. He's wasted his body, and now that wife, and now his family, now his kids have to go without a dad and have to go without a husband and have to go without a pastor. That church never was able to find another pastor. So all of that for waste because a man can't control himself. You lose your testimony, church. You lose it. You lose it when you say, hey, you gotta, you got to tighten up on that. you got to watch that alcohol. you better watch those cigarettes. you better watch the sin in your life. And every, t- every moment you're shoving something down your face and you're giving to it and you can't control it. This preaching does not give us the ability to look around and say, well, I noticed so-and-so. I, I, you know, I couldn't help but notice he's got a different belt on. I wonder if it's because of this. Or you know, he must be given to, to food. I'm not saying that. And that's not the goal here. But I want to challenge you tonight personally. Where am I doing with myself? How am I eating? Am I giving to it? Do every night do I sit down and I can't go? I, I got to get back up. I got to get me a snack. I can't go to sleep. I got to get back up. I got to get me a snack. Oh, stress comes. I've got to get up. I've got to eat something. I've got to do something. Where are you in your life? God does intend for us to feast. God intends for there to be times where we eat in excess and that we do enjoy it and that we feel ourselves full, but it should be on rare occasions. He'll say, eat the sweet and drink the fat. Drink the fat and eat the sweet. <laughs> cannot be regular. We have got to be careful. You lose your witness. It is a waste. It is a waste. On the same side, or I guess on the opposite direction, in the same sense you could say, well, Dylan, I I actually exercise more than anybody here, and I'm the most fit person. I exhaust myself exercising, and I'm given to it. I want to tell you, friend, you're doing the same thing. I, I have no problem with someone being fit and being in shape. I've got no problem with that. But all of a sudden, the wife never sees you. The husband never gets to see you. I've got to, I've got to be here. I've got to be doing this. The kids, you don't have time for them anymore because I've got to be doing this. I've got to be in shape. It's the same mentality. It's the obsession with the body. In one way, it's, it's, it's ignoring it. In the other way, it's feeding it way too much attention. We cannot let ourselves be given one way or the other too much. Your work can be a waste. Yes, it provides you what you need. Yes, you have to work a job. Yes, you do. Believe it or not, the government shouldn't be handing you free money and you taking advantage of it. You should be working. But you can get to a point where you never say no to your boss. And Oh, you know, we've noticed that you're a good worker and we just want to build you up and make you who we want you to be and you're going to be Mr. Director, you're going to be Mr. President, Mr. Vice President, whatever it may be. And so you find yourself again in the same situation. No time for family. No time for church. No time to be the man you're supposed to be. It's a waste. It may not be a waste of resources in the sense that, hey, I've got plenty of money now, but a waste of everything else. There's many more. We could do this all night. But you get the idea. If I haven't said yours, don't think, well, I'm good. I can keep wasting this one because he didn't say it. I'm not here to name everything that could be a waste. But understand, there must be no waste in our lives. There must be nothing in our lives that puts us out of moderation. Except one thing, we're going to get to that. But everything we do as Christians displays moderation. If you want to be fit, Be fit in moderation. 
if you like to eat food, you can enjoy. I like food. You can start telling me about a restaurant you've had, and oh, you know, they make the best steak, and they cook it up. I promise you, I'm probably the most excited about trying something new or eating a meal. I'll, I'll watch a YouTube video about somebody cooking, and they'll be, you know, I, you know this is how I do it. My, my, my granddaddy taught me how to do it this way. And I, when I'm standing in line at his restaurant, I'm excited to eat it. You can be excited. It's a good thing to like food. God gave us taste buds. It's perfectly fine. But know how to control yourself. And so the summary here on waste is anything that hinders you falling from God and, and hinders your testimony and waste puts you in a life of excess. A life of waste is a waste. Is your wine. What is your wine tonight? Do you have a wine in your life? What are you doing with yourself? What are you doing with your time? How often are you spending on your phone? How, you know, I, I've got this business investment. I'm trying to save up money. Whatever it may be, are you giving to it? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. That circumspectly is not just moving your head all around and making sure that you see every kind of position and every side of angle, but it says walk carefully. Walk with, with, with an idea that there's some risk involved with you walking. Know that you've got to be careful. Know that there's going to be some stumbling blocks set before you. Be careful. So see then that you walk carefully. Notice when the devil's tempting you. Notice when your flesh is tempting you because it's not always the devil. Sometimes it's just your flesh. Most of the time, it's your flesh. The devil's busy. What's the solution? Paul gives it to us. Paul's great about that. He doesn't just say be followers of Christ, but he spends all of chapter 5 doing all these bees, be nots, be ye this, don't be that. He tells us everything we need to do. But right here in this same verse, he says, don't, be not drunk with wine or in his excess. But here's his solution. Be filled with the Spirit. Be given to the Spirit. Filled. Be filled. Not be touched. Be moved by be inspired, be persuaded, be emotionally driven. Don't be in proximity to, don't sit under preaching that's filled. But you be filled. You be filled. You be filled. It sounds like a mandate in this, this kind of setting, in this kind of writing. It sounds like it's really important that we ought to be filled, doesn't it? That was the expectation. There wasn't wrestling. There wasn't struggling. There wasn't year-long seeking. There wasn't any of this thing. It was just, hey, what is this? Well, I can be filled. You should be. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. So the solution, be filled. That's as simple, as hard as you want to make it. But God expects us to be given to Him. Be filled with the Spirit. There was a man I prayed for at a church and and and. You'd pray for him, and he'd say he wanted the Holy Ghost, and he'd just break out into laughter, and that's what he would be satisfied with. But I could never get him to understand. Do not be satisfied with God moving on you or the Holy Spirit moving on you, but be filled. Be filled. Take that laughing and throw it out the door and say, God, that's not what I want. I want to be filled with your Spirit. That's all I want. 
Again, this idea of being filled, it's not just speaking in tongues one time or 30 years ago or whatever it may be, but it's the idea of being constantly full of the Spirit. It's the idea of being drunk on the Spirit. The idea that we talked about on wine is that you're given to it, and now it has control over you. And if you'll notice a man that's drunk with wine, he'll be given to it in such a way it touches every area of his life. It takes him over. It damages his marriage. It damages his home. It damages his job. It damages his personality. It damages everybody he's in contact with. But let me tell you something, friend. If you get drunk on the Holy Ghost, it touches every area of your life. And instead of breaking everything, it fixes it. It encourages. It strengthens. It builds up. Why be drunk on the Spirit? Because I wanted to touch every area of my life. Are you worried about waste? Are you concerned maybe there's something? Be filled. He'll deal with it. He'll tell you. He'll show you. Be filled. John 14, verse 26, rebukes the waste in our life and provides us teaching. The Holy Ghost gives us exactly what we need. It says, but the Comforter. What a name to give the Holy Ghost, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. There they are all again. Jesus Christ, God the Father, and the Holy Ghost. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. What a great promise. I promise you not every one of them had a little notepad and a memo book. They could write down everything Jesus said. But Jesus tells them something. I'm going to fill you with something. I'm going to give you a spirit, a Holy Ghost, a comforter that's going to teach you all things. But also, he's going to remind you of what I've spoke to you. He's going to remind you of what you've heard. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, he rebukes your waste. But he also teaches you how to live. Teaches you what you need to be. Reminds you, hey, wait a minute. Three years ago it was preached. You can't be like that. Three years ago, ten years ago go whatever it may be you read in your bible you opened up this book you had a devotion whatever it may be the holy spirit's able to remind us you better tighten up pal john chapter 6 verse 63 the holy spirit removes waste and it provides us with something again it's not just the idea that i don't need to drink anymore or I, I don't drink anymore. We're not a people, of thing, a, a, a people that don't do things. The world has seen us that way because that's all we have. The majority of the church world, all they have is we don't do this. I, I, you know, I don't believe in, in, in being with, living with a woman until I get married. I don't, I don't believe in, in drinking that. I don't believe in taking part in that. I don't believe in dressing like that. That's what I don't believe. I don't do that. I don't do that. And, I, and it's appropriate to tell people that. But there's got to be a little more to that than just I don't do this and I don't do that. John chapter 6, verse 63 says, It is the Spirit that quickeneth. That idea of quickeneth is gives us life. He gives us life. Notice the flesh profiteth something a little bit. Every once in a while the flesh may help you. It profiteth us nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. This Holy Ghost comes by. This Spirit quickens us. 
It gives us life. It directs us. It's not just, I don't do this, but look at what I do do. And look at how I do live. And look at what it causes me to do. Look at the joy on my face. Look at how I act. Look at how I talk. And see how happen. Look at things. Don't disturb me. Sure, send me a news article and tell me it looks bad, Dylan. It looks like it's going to get real bad over here. We might lose everything in the stock market. Whatever you want to send. I'll tell you something. This spirit gives me life. And I don't focus on everything else. I focus on this spirit. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 defines our action and what we're supposed to do. Jesus says, Ye shall receive a pat on the back, an emotional feeling, a tear in your eye. Is that all he is to you? Is that all the Holy Ghost? Is he just your comforter? Have you made him just a comforter? Is he a there, there Holy Ghost that just comes by when you're sad and your whole life's just a sad thing and you just need the comforter every day of your life? And you don't, the Holy Ghost never proves himself any other way because all you ever do is feel bad for yourself and I need the Holy Ghost to come by and comfort me because it's just so bad. He's not just a comforter, but he gives us power. Power! He gives us power! You get a couple guys together talking about an engine. I, I put this on it. I, I dropped a turbo in it. I put a supercharger on top. Oh, you know, what it do for it? Where it take it? <laughs> Have you put it on the dyno yet? What did it do? <laughs> oh, you know, I, I completely redid everything. I got another 100 horsepower. Whoa, I can't believe it. Understand something. There's no chance. It's not just a drop in. It's not a change. It's not an overhaul. It's a complete empowerment from the Holy Ghost. He gives us everything we need. <laughs> We receive power and we should look like it and we should act like it in everything we do. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, and all the world, all to the part, all parts of the earth, the uttermost parts. It defines what we're supposed to do with the Holy Ghost. We receive power, not so we can, oh, brother, did you see brother so and so today? He just ran the backs of the pews and all praise God. But that we may be witnesses. We have something that the world does not have. And it's not the running of the backs of the pews that we have. Everybody, we understand that. He gives us a power. That we put our hands on somebody, they get saved. They repent. The Lord saves them. We put our hands on somebody for God to heal them. That God moves in their life and touches them. That when someone says, I want to be sanctified, I want to be delivered, God performs a miracle as we pray for them. God fills them with the Holy Ghost as we pray for them. He gives us power that we may be witnesses. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13 defines our place. First, it says, For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. Whether we be Jew or Gentile, praise God. That there's no separation. We take that for granted every single day. That God could have wrote a Bible that said the Jew is better and you're slightly under them. And, and you, know, you get to be, some of the nice things, but you don't get the full benefit package that I'm offering. You get some drawbacks because you're a Gentile. It could be that way. He could refer to us as dogs and all we have to do is we're constantly groveling at the table and, and we're just under there and all the Jews are up above us. And yet we sit in a church and we're equals. God takes His chosen people and sits them beside Gentiles. The worst of the worst in some cases. We've been baptized into one body. Whether we be bond or free, notice and have been all made to drink into one spirit. What were you designed to drink? Not wine. You're not to be given to wine. 
That idea of being given because it was a weak wine. You had to sit beside the wine, the, the pot, and you had to sit beside it close, and you had to keep drinking to get yourself drunk. You're given to it. You're sitting beside it. It speaks of your proximity to it. God has given us something better that we can literally drink into one spirit. Be drunk on the spirit. Galatians chapter 5. The Spirit lives. He doesn't just make you speak in tongues, but He produces fruit. And I know these fruits can be there before you, you, you're baptized in the Holy Ghost. But certainly, you take a man that's been saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost, he's going to demonstrate these things. And if he's not, I'm going to stop calling him brother pretty soon. I'll give him a little chance and I'll see what's going on. But these are some basic requirements for someone that claims to be full of the Holy Ghost. But He produces fruit in us. But the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, Peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. But notice, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with both the lust and its affections. We crucify the flesh and we let no waste persist in our life. We are not given to anything but the Spirit. But the Spirit. What are the symptoms of being spirit-filled? There's a bunch right there in the fruit that we see. But Ephesians chapter 5, as we read, verse 19 says, Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. You're not just singing a song because it makes you smile. You're not just singing a song because it sounds good. You're singing it to somebody. And if you find yourself singing and you're just singing the lyrics because they're catchy, check yourself because you're supposed to be singing it to God, sing to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We find ourselves worshiping in such a way. We find ourselves singing in such a way and acting in such a way that we're constantly thanking God, praising the Lord for what He's done. We become so given to what He is and what He's done for us that we're living a life that we're drunk on the Holy Ghost. And He's mine. And I'm totally given to Him. And as He speaks, as He whispers, as He directs, there's nothing that's distracting me. There's nothing that's slowing me down. There's no waste in my life persisting. There's nothing evident in my life that's taking me away from God. As He whispers to me, I deal with it. As He whispers, as He nudges me in the right direction, I say, Lord, help me to do it. God, let me be what you want me to be. But I give myself to Him and I yield myself to Him. Let me be filled every day, God. Not just so that I can speak in tongues. God can hear you talking in English too. That everything I do displays the Holy Ghost. It's getting harder and harder to convince somebody of who a real Christian is. And the only way you can do it is have the stinking waste out of your life. Cut it and let it go. And be given to the Lord. Be given to His Son. And be given to the Holy Spirit. Be drunk on Him. Be influenced by Him in everything you do. In everything you say, the Holy Ghost is listening. God's listening to me. Holy Ghost, direct me. Let me say what I need to say. God, you you, you do it, Lord. Help me. You think I come up here and put a couple notes on the paper and think this is going to be great? They're really going to like it? You think I ever wanted to be a preacher? Not me. 
I wanted to be the backseat guy that, you know, hey, I'm faithful and I'm here and I do what I want to, you know, anything you need, I'll be there. If you need some work done, if you need some, if you need a special offering given, I'll do that. When God started to deal with me, I told him, the only way I can is if you do it. The Bible says we preach by the ability that God giveth. And God is a liberal giver. Are you filled with the Spirit? Stand with me. Are you filled with the Spirit? I visit a lot of churches, and I know a lot of young men, and I, you know, I get to see them once or twice a year sometimes, and sometimes every, every couple months I get to see them. And I'm constantly looking for young people that are growing, that I don't look and say, what's the difference? What's the change? I can't tell a difference. There's no progress being made. They're not growing in the Lord. There's no, there's no you know, progression being made. And the question begins to come, where is the waste in their life? And friend, I can't tell you. I can't deal with you in such a way that you know, you know, the Lord has dealt with me and told me that this specific problem that you're giving yourself to is your waste in your life. But anything that exalts itself above God is a waste and it's an idol in your life and you've got to get it out Amen. if you're not filled with the spirit be filled be filled if you've let yourself get to a point where you're satisfied with where you are get over that point take all that that you have that you've gotten that far and say I don't want that Lord I want what you promised me you said I could be filled and so fill me God if, I, you, know, if you never do a mannerism if you never do a motion again let the Holy Spirit fill you because it doesn't matter if you miss out on that, what a shame to live a life not having been filled with the Holy Ghost. And again, you know, hey, friend, do you have to be saved? You know, do you have to be filled with the Holy Ghost to get to heaven? Sure, what, whatever you want me to tell you. No, you don't have to be. But if you live a life that rejects the Holy Ghost, if you live a life that draws a line in the sand and says, I'm good with where I'm at, you're not going to make it a long time because God is not satisfied with the people that are happy where they're at. Churches are closed their doors because they were satisfied with where they're at. And guess what? It doesn't draw people to them. They shut down, they get quiet, and they die out. God is not a God. I mean, you sit in a business and you work a job. Is your boss happy with where you're at? Just say, don't ever change. Just be exactly who you are. I, you know, I just love you so much. You're an excellent worker. and I, There's nothing I can teach you. There's nowhere you can be better. You, know, you, don't, you don't even need to learn how to be a manager. You're just perfect in everything you do. If you go to a secular job and a secular man can tell you, let's make you better. Let's, I've noticed something here. I've noticed a weakness. And you respond to that, something's wrong if God deals with you and you don't respond to that. Because I promise he's a lot smarter than any boss that you'll ever have in this life. Let there not be a waste. But again, it's not look at my life and see I have no waste. Look at my life and see I'm filled with the Spirit that it's producing something, that there's fruit in my life, that I'm growing, that I'm changing, that come back and see me in six months, brother, you'll see somebody different. Come back, sister, and see me in six months. You'll see something different because I'm given to God and God is going to grow me in what He wants me to be. God, help me to be given. Help me to be given to the Holy Ghost, to be filled with His Spirit every time, every day, every time I pray, every time I seek Him, every time I worship. Let me be filled with the Spirit. Because to be anything else 
you put yourself in danger. Come to the piano, honey. I'll be quick. Bow your heads and close your eyes. We're not doing the hand thing tonight. I think that's not necessary. But I just want to give you a moment to think and meditate. What's your waste? What you been doing this week, young man, young lady, brother, sister? What you been spending your time on? Where is your waste? Have you thought about God? Have you thought about growing? You've been too busy doing what you're doing. Given to things that are not of God. Given to your weights. Given to your distractions. Given to your job. Where is your waste? Great news. You can cut it out right now. God never offers a man a 32-step plan that says, oh, you've got some waste, pal. We can deal with that. In the next two years, you'll see a huge difference. You can cut it right now. If there is waste, friend, brother, sister, be aggressive with it. If you can't control the phone, you've been trying to, you found yourself praying about it over and over and over again, I think it benefits you to throw it out the door and get rid of it. And if you need some way to interact and communicate, get you a little flip phone. I had to. If you're struggling with pushing the plate back or not putting a plate in front of you in general, ask the Lord to help you because it is an addiction and God can help you. Whatever there is in your life, God interested. Surely God's dealing with some. I just pray if He is, you'd find yourself a place in this altar and say, God, I want to be a zero-waste Christian and I want to be filled with your Spirit. No waste, God. God, let there be no man that looks at me one day and says, What a waste! What a waste! There was so much there if He had just been given to the Holy Spirit. What a waste.